episode 160 of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Sean St. Jacques back here with you talking more Knicks, talking NBA. Big week. We'll talk Donovan Mitchell, the latest there. Just talk the latest on on a potential trade in general between the Knicks and the Jazz. Uh, We'll get to some other Knicks news, some NBA off-season news as well. We'll touch on the new contract that James Harden has signed with the Philadelphia 76ers. No Brooklyn Nets update this week. Nothing really has changed on that front. But we have plenty to talk about when it comes to uh, the Knicks, for sure. Donovan Mitchell and the Jazz. There is a little bit of Nets news, but it really has more to do with KD than the Nets themselves. So we will touch on that as well this week. A very exciting show. I am doing this show from the tri-state area. I'm excited to be back home for a little bit of time during the summer. It's the first summer I've been home for any period of time in three years just because of my job and my work. So I'm excited to be back. It's been very hot. I was told it was going to be hot. It has lived up to the billing. I don't know if it's as hot as it's been when I've been in Florida or in Texas, but it's hotter than it normally is around here, and it certainly has been a thing. But it's been nice hanging out with friends, with family, being back in the area. I will be back in Florida uh, for the next podcast. I'm only going to be here for a few more days, so then I'll be heading back to do my normal work down in the Sunshine State. So it'll be fun. It's been a nice week so far. I'm excited for what's to come, and I'm excited to talk to you all about the Knicks and the NBA offseason Yet again, a little bit more on the bone this week, I would say, than we had uh, at least last week uh, and maybe even the week before. Let's jump in. So we'll we'll start with Donovan Mitchell first and the latest there. I will say over the last week, it's looked more and more like what we've been talking about might happen. Uh, The more you read about the potential... um, you know, moves for Donovan Mitchell getting traded from the Utah Jazz, the more it it is pointing towards the New York Knicks being the most likely place for him to land. And, I mean, depending on reports you're reading, it might not take as much as we had originally thought for the Knicks to get Donovan Mitchell. There was, again, the Knicks, I think, have somewhere between 8 and 11 draft picks that they can trade. I think 8 of the 11, if that's the right number, Uh, are in the first round. So the Knicks have quite a few picks to deal if they want to, but there have been reports recently that have come out that the Knicks might only have to trade four or five of the picks in total, uh, potentially along with a player, uh, like maybe a Mitchell Robinson, a Quentin Grimes, someone like that, to get Donovan Mitchell. So the recent reports around this, as far as... uh, Utah's side of things that the Jazz are not interested in landing R.J. Barrett. That is from uh, Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report. Uh, we are we at PostingandToasting.com have written articles about these stories, so check those out. PostingandToasting.com. Basically, Jake Fisher is reporting that uh, the, the Knicks are confident that they don't have to include R.J. Barrett in a potential deal for Donovan Mitchell. Now they're obviously you know the Knicks could still have to include, you know, pretty big piece in the trade. But for right now, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Now, Woj, 
Adrian Wojnarowski at ESPN is also saying that a deal for Donovan Mitchell is not going to happen very soon. It sounds like, according to him. Basically, he said on ESPN's NBA Today this week that, quote, Utah talked with the Knicks early last week and exchanged some ideas of what a potential Donovan Mitchell deal with New York might look like, end quote. He added that I think now, quote, I think now Utah is talking to the rest of the league, seeing what else might be available to them. And he said, quote, I do think Utah will reconnect with the Knicks at some point this offseason, but you saw what they got from Rudy Gobert, and I think they will be the po- the, the, that will be the posture here again with Utah. So basically, they're trying to drive up the price. They're trying to drive up the price for Donovan Mitchell because they got a crap ton of stuff back for a crap ton of, you know, um, equity back for Rudy Gobert. They want to do the same with Donovan Mitchell, basically, is what it's coming down to here. They want a lot back. They want players. They want picks. So, and that's what they got for Rudy Gobert. So, to get a proper rebuild going, Danny Ainge really wants to shop things around and say, all right, this is what we think the Knicks are going to give us. Let's see what so-and-so is going to give us. And then they're going to see, well, okay. And then and who, who knows, they might go with another deal, but Woj believes that they're going to probably come back to the Knicks when they've got a full scope of what this is going to look like and see what they can do. Because the Knicks have the most equity as far as what the Jazz want, which is draft picks. And we kind of said this from the beginning, that the Jazz were going to try to drive up the price to get the Knicks to make a very, very strong offer, if not overpay, for Donovan Mitchell. They want as many of those Knicks picks as possible. And as we've written on our site, as we've talked about on the podcast... The Knicks need to do their best to not overpay for Donovan Mitchell. Should they get him? Yes. (laughs) I don't think that's a debate at this point. If the Knicks are going to take the next step, they need a star along with Jalen Brunson. If they can get it done in the same offseason, it would be unbelievable. But I think that Donovan Mitchell makes the most sense right now based on what the Knicks have, what they need, and what they can get. And I think Donovan Mitchell is... I mean, I, I if I had to put a... A few buddies asked me if I had to put a percentage on Donovan Mitchell coming to the Knicks right now, I by the end of the offseason, I would put it at 60%. That's what I would say. I think it's probably a 60% chance the Knicks get this done. And I think it's all going... That, that 40% is really going to come down to how much the Knicks are willing to give. I think the Knicks are the clear front runners to get him because they have the most draft picks. Whether or not they're willing to divvy up enough for Utah to bite is why the 40% comes in. But I, I think why I put it at 60%, the positive side is that no one has what the Knicks have as far as get, giving the Jazz what they need to do what they think is best for the franchise, which is to start over, right? So we'll see. I I, I have a funny feeling that percentage is slowly going to go up between this week and next week because I don't know if anybody that the Utah talks to 
is going to be willing to throw in enough players to offset what the Knicks would be able to give in draft picks. That's another thing. That's kind of part of my hesitation. What if somebody overpays with players for Donovan Mitchell? The only issue there is that the Jazz don't want players. That's the issue. They want draft picks. They want youth. Now, if someone gives them young players, maybe that changes the story, but I don't know if anyone's got enough that would want to give it up to get Donovan Mitchell, which is why we go back to the Knicks, right? This is why every time this conversation takes place, the Knicks are at the front of the table. They're at the front of the queue. They're standing there right in the middle saying, no one can do better than us. So are we doing this or not? That kind of a thing. And the Jazz, to be fair, they're doing their due diligence. They're looking around the rest of the league and saying, okay, the Knicks have, I'm guessing this is what they're saying. The Knicks have given us a really nice offer here. This is what we can get out of them. It's nice. But let's see what everyone else can, anyone else that's interested. What do you guys have? This is what the Knicks have. What can you do? That's what they're going to do. They're going to go around the league. They're going to say, this is what the Knicks offered us. We like it. Can you do better than that? And my guess right now, again, 60%, I don't think they can do better. I don't think there's going to be many teams that will even come close, to be honest. So I think we will come back to the Knicks at some point, and it's going to come down to whether or not the Knicks front office and the Jazz are on the same page with the amount of draft picks and which young players the Knicks would include in a deal for Donovan Mitchell. The good news is, and this is why I am now totally on board here, is that it sounds like, according to Bleacher Report, that R.J. Barrett would not be included in a deal with Utah as it stands right now. That was my biggest concern, was potentially having to get rid of of, of R.J. Barrett for Donovan Mitchell. Now that you don't have to, the Knicks can't help, in my opinion, but get this deal done. They have to do it. That, in my opinion, that was my biggest hangup, was potentially having to deal R.J. Barrett to get Donovan Mitchell. That's off the table now. So the Knicks really have a huge incentive now to get this done by the end of the offseason. They've got some time here because Utah is going to, to make the rounds and see what they can get. But it's, this is really on the Knicks now. They, they really need to get this done and make this again what turned into what started off as a really rough off season into one of the best in recent memory if not the best in the last 15 20 years i mean it could potentially be that it's remarkable how quickly that can turn draft night we were not saying that that's for sure we were not saying that on draft night but the knicks got what they needed to do to get jalen brunson and if they can add donovan mitchell on top of that this becomes a very, very strong offseason for the New York Knicks. Now, transitioning here into what could be coming up next, there's a couple of more big topics here involving uh, tri-state area teams that we can get into. We'll get to the Nets and the latest on KD. Mostly it's the KD stuff in a second. However, Mark Stein of the New York Times, this was a couple of days ago, came out with a very 
interesting tweet that made me a little a little concerned but it was it was more of uh a, an intriguing thing in general i'm going to share this cuz i'm curious what you all think of this the quote from mark stein is this quote one league source advised me in las vegas to keep an eye on the knicks and lakers discussing a potential Westbrook deal if if puts it in all caps Leon Rose can successfully bring Donovan Mitchell to Madison Square Garden very interesting line there from the Stein line ironically enough this is very interesting now here's the good news right here's the good news the Knicks have a point guard And this is the first time, the first time I've been able to say that in some time. The good news is the Knicks have their starting point guard. That is said, Russell Westbrook, if he were to come to the Knicks, would not be the starting point guard on the team. Jalen Brunson is too, uh, is being paid too much money. Jalen Brunson's younger than Russell Westbrook. And Jalen Brunson's much more efficient much more of a playmaker for more minutes on the court than Russell Westbrook is at this stage in his career. So if you were to bring Russell Westbrook to MSG, there is a core in place where you look at Donovan Mitchell, you look at RJ Barrett, and you look at Jalen Brunson as a potential quote-unquote big three as it stands right now. If this Mitchell deal were to get done at some point this offseason... Russell Westbrook becomes more of a depth piece, like a Derrick Rose coming off the bench, along with maybe Emmanuel Quickly, to help the team. So this doesn't look as bad as it would have been if the Knicks didn't get the Jalen Brunson deal done. Because now if the like let's say in a in a crazy world, you know, not so crazy because it's the Knicks, but If the Knicks didn't get Jalen Brunson, did all that wheeling and dealing, and then think, all right, last ditch here, we got to get Donovan Mitchell, and along with that, you get Russell Westbrook, and there's no Jalen Brunson, that doesn't look very nice. But because you have Jalen Brunson in place, and R.J. Barrett, according to reports, is not going to be part of any Utah Jazz trades, and you've re-signed Mitchell Robinson, and we'll see, and this is the other part too, would Julius Randle be part of a deal to go back to the Lakers in exchange for Russell Westbrook? I think that would be really ridiculous on the Knicks' part to do that. But if Julius Randle's in place as well, Russell Westbrook's a decent depth piece on this team. Could give you some energy off the bench. That's what I would see his role as. Now, if you're telling me right now, do you make the deal? I wouldn't. I wouldn't, even if the Knicks were to get Donovan Mitchell. But it's an interesting conversation because the Knicks do need some depth. Russell Westbrook's contract, it it should be mentioned, would be very difficult um, to move. That should be mentioned as well. Russell Westbrook, and I think we, we may have discussed this on the podcast in previous weeks because... Uh, the Lakers had been in talks, or, or r- rumored to be 
looking into shopping Westbrook for Kyrie Irving uh, from the Brooklyn Nets. But the the positives, as far as the contract, are concerned, is that the Knicks would basically be doing this as a rental. Now, Russell Westbrook would be a $47 million rental. That would be the big issue, which is why Julius Randle might be included in a potential trade here. But it's only for one year. Russell Westbrook's an unrestricted free agent at 35 years old in 2023. So this is the final year. This upcoming season is the final year of Russell Westbrook's five-year, $206 million contract that he originally had signed, I believe, with OKC, and then went to Houston, went to Washington, and now is with the Lakers. So it is pretty remarkable, by the way, that Russell Westbrook's been with four teams in the last four seasons. Pretty nuts stuff. But for the time being, you know, that's a lot of money for a rental. I will say that's probably why I would say no to this deal right now. But if the Knicks were to do it, you obviously hope that they could keep Julius Randle. But if they couldn't, it's not like Russell Westbrook's going to be running the show. That's kind of the only the only pro to a potential Westbrook deal is that you have a point guard. And the more I say that out loud, the calmer I feel about the upcoming weeks of the Knicks offseason. To be honest with you, this is the calmest I've been in like five offseasons when it comes to the Knicks. And it's because, and to be honest, it all culminated in the draft. That's as stressed as I've probably been about the Knicks in five years. And that's saying something. But then it all went away when the Knicks signed Jalen Brunson. Because now a plan actually worked. It panned out. The plan panned out, right? And the Knicks addressed their biggest need with a very good point guard. Now they're the front runners for one of the best shooting guards in the NBA in Donovan Mitchell. And if the Knicks can get that deal done, this Knicks team looks very, very different. Remember, there were people ripping a potential Donovan Mitchell trade because how many more wins does he add? And, and I'm thinking the Knicks wouldn't just be adding Donovan Mitchell to the equation. The Knicks are also adding Jalen Brunson to the equation how quickly we forget so if you add both Jalen Brunson and Donovan Mitchell the Knicks win total in theory shoots up quite a bit and they should be in that top six conversation I'm not sure they'll if they'll finish there the east is very deep but right off the bat I mean can Cleveland do what they did last year no they weren't in the top six but can they do what they did a season ago, can the Nets, the Nets are going to look way different next season and potentially not make the, the play-in if, if, it, if it all goes south here. Atlanta will improve. Boston will still be there. Milwaukee will still be there. Make no mistake about that. You know, when you look at the top end of Philly, and we'll get to them re-signing James Harden in a second. So, the East will will still be very, very tough, but the Knicks now have a seat at the table, legitimately have a seat at the table if they make the Donovan Mitchell deal happen. This Knicks team, within a few months, becomes a legitimate Eastern Conference threat. Not a, you know, one season we did well, then, then you fall apart the next season. 
The expectations will be playoffs every year. Playoffs every season, trying to make a run in the in the playoffs, make a deep run in the playoffs. And that's exciting. But the Knicks have to get the Donovan Mitchell deal done. It's not going to happen soon, according to the reports. But it has to get done this offseason if the Knicks really want to capitalize on the position they currently enjoy with their draft picks and with their their young players. We'll take a break. We'll talk about the Knicks Summer League. We will talk about Kevin Durant. And we'll talk about the new deal James Harden just signed with the Philadelphia 76ers. All that is coming up next on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Second half of the show, we jump right back into some more news and notes during this NBA offseason that's had so many crazy uh, twists and turns already. It's been pretty wild, to say the least. But I think we touched on quite a bit when it comes to the New York Knicks. Um, It's going to be interesting to kind of see how a lot of this unfolds. I do want to briefly touch on on the Knicks Summer League. I don't always like to talk Knicks Summer League on this podcast. I do feel like for most of the people that listen to this show, they'd rather talk about the offseason news. That's the vibe I've gotten from you during the years we've done this show. Very rarely will we talk about Summer League unless there's really nothing else going on. This is an offseason where everything's going on, so it's hard to it's hard to make the argument that we're going to talk about Summer League on a show. But to be fair, the Knicks had a very good Summer League. They got to the championship game and lost earlier this week to the uh, Portland Trailblazers in the championship game. I think they lost 85-77. to Um, But there was some Knicks that played very well. Quentin Grimes, Deuce McBride, Jericho Sims, and others had a very good Summer League in general. In the end, they just didn't play great in the final uh, in the championship game. I know that Quentin Grimes struggled himself, uh, shooting two of ten from three in the championship game. Fair enough. It, it is what it is. It's more about the development than anything else. And it's great to see these young guys, these young players that the Knicks have drafted, do well against some of the other young players in the NBA. So. It was exciting to see that the Knicks got that far in the summer league. Uh, the Blazers clearly have a good young crop of players as they try to rebuild as well. So it's it's good to see that uh, the Knicks are right there with some of the other talent, young talent in the NBA. So that was very good to see. Uh, let's transition to some of the bigger news around the NBA as... I I just I'll just say this. There's a lot to talk about here. We'll start with Kevin Durant and the latest with him leaving the Brooklyn Nets, essentially, or at least looking for a trade to leave Brooklyn. It starts basically with a report this week, also from Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report, saying in a column that not again, not only the R.J. Barrett news that he wouldn't be included, but he says, quote, the Miami Heat remain focused on acquiring 
one of all one of the all-stars between Kevin Durant and Donovan Mitchell. And he adds that multiple sources with knowledge of the situation have told BR that Miami has prioritized pursuing Kevin Durant over Donovan Mitchell. That's a direct quote from the article. Again, we wrote about this on the website, um, postingandtoasting.com. So if you want to keep up on Nick's news, you can always check on the website. We will keep you updated week in and week out during the off season. Um, Durant had originally, when he kind of made a list of who he wanted to go to, Phoenix was on that list. Of course, Phoenix has re-signed DeAndre Ayton, which we talked about last week. Of course, we got unlucky there. Like, literally a couple hours after we posted that, the news dropped that DeAndre Ayton signed the offer sheet to stay with the Suns. I'm sorry. The, The Suns matched the offer sheet to allow DeAndre Ayton to stay with Phoenix instead of going to Indiana. So... That looks less and less likely by the day that the Suns are going to get Kevin Durant. But now the Miami Heat, who are very close to being in that NBA championship conversation, they will be a team the Knicks will have to contend with, especially if Kevin Durant goes to Miami. They become a big pursuer of Kevin Durant, which could open the door again for the Knicks to be even more safe in their pursuit of Donovan Mitchell, but also would make the run to a playoff, uh, you know, run through the Eastern Conference playoffs a lot tougher because Miami is a threat even without Kevin Durant and they'd become arguably the favorites, maybe even in the entire NBA, um, to win the title if Kevin Durant were to decide to ironically follow in LeBron James's footsteps and go to the Miami Heat. That'd be very, very interesting. Um... And, and it sounds like, uh, according to the same reports, that, um, you know, this could be the safer option for Miami because the Knicks have more assets to get closer to a deal for Donovan Mitchell than Miami does. So Miami probably thinks that, well, we can't add Donovan Mitchell. It's less likely that we're going to add Donovan Mitchell. The safer option for us is to go after Kevin Durant, who, again, is going to cost a lot. But we have more of what we need to get a Kevin Durant deal done than we do to get a Donovan Mitchell deal done. So and then that and again, the common denominator there is or what they don't have are picks The the heat don't have enough picks to make this happen. But they do have assets. They have talented young players that they could potentially trade to Brooklyn for Kevin Durant, who has a lot left on his contract with the Nets. So that's where this offseason is going to really take a twist, right? Donovan Mitchell is a big story. Make no mistake about it. But what happens to Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving is just as big, and I think in the case of Kevin Durant, more important, big, more league-changing because of how good of a player Kevin Durant is. So it's going to be interesting to see if Miami can do this, get this deal done. What it would include, I think is very interesting as well. What would a deal for Kevin Durant to go to Miami look like? I I find it really fascinating. I'm going to be, I'm going to be honest. I think it's going to take a lot more than Miami would like to think 
to get him. Like, I don't know. I, well, I'll say this. I don't know if Duncan Robinson is going to be a, a good enough asset now. So you could be looking at, you know, Oladipo, Tyler Hero, all being included in, in a deal. I, I think the only, I think really the only player that, two players that are really untouchable are Bam Adebayo, who has to be part of the future of this Miami franchise, if Kevin Durant's going to like it there, and Jimmy Butler. I really think that those are the only two where you you go and you look and you're just like, oh, we can't get rid of them. That that The whole point is for Kevin Durant to come and team up with them. So the rest of the team is up for grabs. Another another player who I don't know who's, if his value is going to really help the deal here is Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry really struggled, and there's reports out of Miami, or at least speculation from media in Miami, that Kyle Lowry's been out of shape all year. So how what kind of shape is Kyle Lowry going to be in for this upcoming season with the Miami Heat? So that that is all very much in play. And Brooklyn's again, Utah's going to want... They already got a big haul back for Rudy Gobert. They're going to want another one back for Donovan Mitchell, whether it's from the Knicks or someone else. Miami's going to have to give up quite a bit to get Kevin Durant and to try to offset as much of his contract as possible on top of that. Because Kevin Durant is owed quite a bit of money over the next, uh, is it two or three seasons? So... That, that is going to be a very interesting storyline. Again, we talked about Kyrie Irving last week. And again, his contract's a little bit more manageable. But the Lakers, you know, we're thinking about doing it to try and offset the Russell Westbrook deal. They're both kind of towards the end of a big, big contract. But the tough part with Kevin Durant is that Kevin Durant next season is owed $42 million, just under $43 million. And then he's owed 46, almost 50. And then in 25, 26, he's owed $53 million. That season, by the way, that 25, 26 season, the last year he's under contract, he's going to be 37 years old. That's a lot to be paying anybody at age 37. At any point in, forget about NBA history, sports history that's a lot of money to be paying an athlete at that age in any sport on the planet so it's going to be really really interesting to see what Miami is going to have to give up to get this deal done because the other thing is when Kevin Durant's an unrestricted free agent he's going to be 38 years old So Miami will be really going for it these next four seasons if they were to get Kevin Durant. So it'll be interesting. It's going to be very intriguing to see how that all plays out. It's going to be quite fascinating because I I don't know what Miami... That's the thing, right? What is Miami's ceiling here as far as what they're going to give up? What's the point where Miami hangs up, where Pat Riley and company hang up the phone? Because they might have to give up quite a bit here. This is not like when LeBron came and it was a free agent thing 
and Cleveland mismanaged it during the offseason with Dan Gilbert. And Miami said, well, come to Papa. The weather's nice. We're going to have some people here that you're going to play with, with D-Wade, and we're going to sign Chris Bosh even before you get down here. This is a lot different. The Miami Heat are not going to be as they're presently constituted if this deal gets done. They're going to have to give up quite a bit. So that that's the other big pin to drop this offseason. It's going to be Donovan Mitchell, Kyrie Irving, and, and then the big kahuna is still Kevin Durant at 33 years old. So I'm fascinated by it because it's going to be interesting to see if Miami, how much of the core for Miami stays intact to get a deal done here. I'm going to be very interested to see how all of that plays out. Well, we talked about uh, Ben Simmons and what he could be, you know, dealing with uh, staying in Brooklyn for the foreseeable future without Kevin Durant and without Kyrie Irving. The other part of that deal was obviously James Harden leaving Brooklyn and going to Philly. James Harden, as many expected, um, has signed a two-year contract to stay with the Philadelphia 76ers. And it's going to be really interesting um, to see how these next two years go. The deal is worth, uh, it's two years, 68.6 million dollars to stay in Philly. They're obviously a factor. They're obviously going to be um, a contender in the East as I'm literally getting texts for people asking me what I'm going to be talking about on the show uh, this week. Um, this is one of those things where it was kind of expected. Again, we t- we, sh- we were talking about uh, the list. Um, and uh, the list of, sorry, the list of free agents that were still available last week. James Harden was one of those, even though uh, I think I missed, I may have misread the list because he hadn't, re- he hadn't re-signed the contract yet. It had become, hadn't become official, but it was pretty close to being done when we talked about it last week. And essentially now, you know, th- this is how Philly are set up. This is what Philly are going to be, be looking like for the next couple of seasons. And, the process rolls on, I guess. I, I mean, that's really all Philly could do this offseason is re-sign James Harden. They have him in control for two years. And they're going to fight for a title. I mean, that that's really it. And honestly, the way it's shaken up right now with what Miami might be doing, with where Milwaukee and Boston are sitting right now, I think you also look at now with uh, what the Knicks are doing. If they can add Donovan Mitchell this offseason along with Jalen Brunson and with what's already in place. I don't know. And Atlanta, by the way, can't forget about Atlanta adding DeJounte Murray a couple of weeks ago. This East is looking really, really difficult. Golden State is going to be Golden State. In the West, I mean, the West is still deeper, I think, just about than the East, although it's very close now. I think you'd really make an argument either way, especially if the Knicks get Donovan Mitchell and Kevin Durant stays in the East and doesn't go to Golden State. This becomes a very, very strong conference, if not better than the West, I think. I don't know if they've got the best team. Golden State might still be the best team, but I think they've got the better set of teams, potentially, if those deals get done 
and KD stays in the East and Donovan Mitchell joins the Knicks, the East, I think, might be better than the West. But those things do have to happen. So with that all being said, my my bigger point there is I don't think Philly is really anywhere near the hierarchy in the East or in the NBA as they're currently constructed. And this process, I will say, has allowed Philly to be relevant for quite a few years. But being relevant and being title contenders are two very different conversations. And we are still talking about a Philadelphia Philadelphia 76ers team that has not made it to an NBA Finals. And actually, I, I didn't even check this before the show, but have they been to an Eastern Conference Finals? They may have been to one. I actually have to check. I don't even know if they've been to an Eastern Conference Finals in the process era. I mean, it, it has not exactly been a fruitful uh, process for the Philadelphia 76ers. And as I now check, the the Philadelphia 76ers, since this process has begun, have not been to an Eastern Conference Finals. This is actually very similar to the Utah Jazz run. They lost once in the first round. I think that was in the bubble. And they've lost in the second round four times in the bubble era. I think uh, two of them, three of them, actually. Obviously, three of the five seasons under Bruce Brown. Two of them under Doc Rivers. So, I'm I'm sorry, I beg your pardon. Brett Brown, not Bruce Brown. I beg your pardon. Under Brett Brown. So, this is, again... You could say, you know, you look at the records, right? The the Sixers during this stretch, 52 wins, 51 wins, 43 wins, 49 wins, 51 wins during the regular season. By the way, only one divisional title in that stretch as well. Only one, uh, you know, Atlantic division title. Not great either. But they've only been to the second round. They've been there four times, but they've lost all four times. So, the the Sixers, this Sixers process era has not been fruitful, to say the least. The, The last time, by the way, the last time that the Sixers were in a conference final, 2000, 2001. That was the year Allen Iverson took them to the finals. AI stepped over Tyron Lue in game one, and they lost in five games to the three-peat Kobe Shaq Lakers. So it's been a while. It's been a very long time. Before that, by the way, 84-85 was the last time. So the Sixers, since 84-85, have been to one conference final and one NBA final. It was in the same season. You know, 2000-2001. So, and it looks like that run is going to continue. I I don't see the Sixers, even with Harden re-signed, being a threat. I I just don't see them as a contender. 
there are three teams very easily ahead of them in the Heat, the Celtics, and the Bucks. And there are teams behind them, one of them who's already beaten them in the NBA playoffs without DeJounte Murray in Atlanta, and the Knicks, who are potentially coming to usurp them as well in the next five years if they can get a Donovan Mitchell deal done this offseason. So, that, and I, I'm just going to say this, I'm just going to say this, that Simmons-Harden deal is looking worse and worse by the minute for both teams involved. And, and I said at the time when they made that deal, I don't know if either of them is closer to a title and the Nets are very quickly falling apart here and Philly re-signs Harden great, but that doesn't get you anywhere closer to being an NBA champion, let alone, an, or I should say an Eastern Conference champion, let alone an NBA champion. It just doesn't add much. And James Harden, and even Joel Embiid said this last year, is not the James Harden that played in Houston. This is not the same guy that can take over a game and single-handedly win you in a series in the NBA playoffs. And that's where Philly sits right now at the end of July 2022. After this crazy five, six, seven-year process, they sit no... Uh, well, they sit a lot closer than they do at the beginning of the process, which is why I think it, it, it's to, to a certain extent the process will still be deemed a success because of the fact that they have become relevant, but this was supposed to lead to a championship and at least an Eastern conference finals. Philly has not checked off those boxes and I don't know that they will. And again, in two years here, when James Harden is likely not going to be a sixer anymore at the end of this contract. And who knows what the heck the future of Joel Embiid is going to be at that point in time. I really don't think the Sixers will have been to an Eastern Conference Finals. And we'll still be waiting to see what the next step in the process is, or they might have to start a new one. And I think that is what Philly fans will deem a failure more than any of this potential success that they've gained from being better than they were towards the, you know, midway part of the last decade. That's going to do it for this episode of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast. Thank you all so much, as always, for listening to the show. I'll be back in Florida for the podcast next week. Looking forward to it. Thank you so much, as always, for supporting the podcast, for listening to the podcast. Make sure to read all of our articles on postingandtoasting.com and keep listening to the podcast to stay up to date with all Knicks and NBA news during the offseason. Until then, have a great week, and I will see you all next time on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting. Podcast Network.